imagine turning your unique passions into a pioneering business where kitchen scraps become garden gold and laughter ignites a movement for sustainability? Today, Kathy Nesbitt shares the bold choices and unwavering spirit that propelled her from a simple idea to leading the charge in the world of worms and wellness. Hello, friends. I'm Kendra from KendraLosi.com, and you've tuned in to the Invisible to Invincible podcast, where high-achieving business owners, coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs share their journeys from hidden gems to industry leaders. Together, we'll uncover the secrets, mental shifts, and strategies that turned them into undeniable forces. So hit that subscribe button, and let's dive in. All right. Thank you for being here today, Kathy. I appreciate it. Kendra, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on is you have just created a tremendous business and a tremendous life, honestly, very unconventional path. Can you talk about what you're doing now and tell everyone a little bit about what your business is? And then we'll we'll back up and talk a little bit about how you got there. Got it. Okay. So my working title is Kathy Crawley Laughing Bean Queen. <laughs> it's simple solutions for today's challenges. Worms for indoor composting, worms for amending the soil, sprouts for eating, grow your own, and laughter for overall health and wellness. And I'm located in Canada, just north of Toronto. Okay, so that's a lot that yeah. all is aligned <laughs> with a, like I said, an unconventional business model. Worms? And laughter? Is that what I heard? That's what you heard. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm located in, so yeah. So it's before 2020, I have created this really magical life. And yeah, we'll probably start here and go back and, mm -hmm. and back and forth. It's the 22nd anniversary of my worm composting business. I started in 2002 and I was 49 mm -hmm. at, at that time. For anyone listening, going, you know, if you're like in your 30s and you're like, oh, my life is over. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, life just begins. Like it's, it begins every decade. There's something new. It's exciting. And you get more wisdom. That's the exciting part and more confidence. Mm -hmm. And it's a build. I think we're a building process. I think that's, that's the big message that I want to impart is it's a journey. Like we, we want to go somewhere, but you don't want to just get there because then you're there. Then what? Right. You know, it's, it's the fun of getting there. It, it is, even though there's challenging times, but the challenging times are over and then you get to talk about those challenges. They're the building, they're the ones that give you guilt, guilt. Mm -hmm. That's what helped you. Okay, so before 2020, I really thought I was a juggler, like worm composting, worms for indoor composting. I'll talk about how that works. Sprouts, like, what do you need? I have it. And laughter. And 2020 shut down and it's like, hmm, so much time to think. Oh, what else? Hmm. And I realized, wow. All of my offerings are a beautiful, sustainable life. Like it's my business, but it's also what I do. Mm -hmm. There's no separation. There's no life at work. It's, it's just life. It's just what, what I do. And it's supporting my husband and I. This is what we do full time. And it's really a, a, a fantastic journey, but we have to be open to opportunities. And I say, yes, you may know what's in the box when you're living in your comfort zone. You know what's there. It's not safe. Like we think it's safe there. Oh, I'm safe here. I know what I have. Yeah. We don't. 2020 showed us. 
<laughs> we don't, right? It's not. And, and that's not where the magic is. The magic is when you have a great idea, you take action, whatever it is, a business or a holiday you want to go on, something you want to do. You take action and you put it into motion. And it's, then, it, then it's starting. And then you get that, uh-oh. And that fear thing comes up, that fear monster takes over your, your thought process and, and sabotages you. And you think yourself out of things mm-hmm. that could be magic. Like you're like, oh, I better not. I know what I have here. I'm safe. No, go. When I, I'm, I'm letting you know that when you break through that, every time I've had that feeling and I've been courageous enough to break through, Something beautiful happens. It's like you go from a gray day to you break through and it's sunny. It's like, oh. (laughs) I love so many things about what you just said. And I want to dive into those. But one of the things that I have to ask you this, you were 39 years old, living in Toronto, and you decided, I want to build a business around worms. Can you please? Oh, my gosh. that, That pivot and that point in your life and what made you decide? Because like I said, I'm so fascinated by the unconventional business and focus and just path that you've taken. And there's so many who are afraid to take that risk, who are afraid for whatever reason, right? There's lots of reasons why and why we tend to play it safe. There's a lot of very conventional business models that we can do. That's where when you find someone who is, my business is about worms and sustainability and mental wellness and all of that packaged in, I really wanted to talk to you because of that unconventional path and that mindset and that fortitude and those decision points that you made in order to get there. So can we go back in time for a minute to 2002? There's a lot going on in the world. And you're 39 years old and you said worms. Yeah, no, let's go back even further. Yeah, I grew up in Toronto and then in 93, I moved to Bradford, the little town I'm in. I was getting my psych degree. So anyone that's in school, stay in school. I started in 85 and I graduated in 2000, 15 years. So I get my psych degree in 2000 and I sound so much younger, don't I too? Anyway, so I got a job at a group home working with child. I worked for 20 years prior to that as a secretary. Anyway, 20 years in the office, I graduated in 2000. I got a job at a group home working with challenged adults and they didn't compost or anything. Okay, 93, I I bought my, moved up to Bradford, bought my house and a teacher friend asked me to look after her worm bin for the summer. That's how the worms got started. So anyone that like you had an experience, you're like, what was that about? Maybe we never know, but everything for a reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was introduced to the worms and at that back then, and it was a disaster. But that's all I'll say. Like I had fruit flies and I kept the worms alive, but I didn't want worms in my house. It was like not cool. Anyway, so then I get my, my degree in 2000, job at the group home. They have 10 homes and a farm. They don't compost. Okay. When I questioned them about composting, they said they didn't need the fertilizer because they had cows. It was the first time that I realized, wow, people don't connect what they do. They have, they're creating all this food waste mm-hmm. and they're paying all that money to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Like when you can, like the worm, like composting is alchemy, turning like garbage into gold, right? Like it's how nature yeah. intended, turn, returning the nutrients back into the soil. It's not rocket science. 
I, I just seem to know, and people do, we do know things, Kendra. We know, we intuitively know what to do. Anyway, I feel like I know things ahead of people. Like I've just like have all this knowing, like, duh, this is how it needs to be. And then I said about educating people. You've met people who are all knowing about things. And then all of a sudden they're known later on. People are like, oh, they were saying that. They, that person was saying that story and here it is. So I got a job at the group home and I asked them about composting and they said, we don't need the, the fertilizer because we have cows. And I was like, hmm. and, and then I said, well, I wanted to set them up with a composting program because I said, if you don't need the fertilizer, you can sell it. And the greenhouse manager said, why don't we do worm composting? And I was like, oh, no. Have you ever had an idea and be like, oh, this is going to be so great. And then when you do it, it's not so great. <laughs> you get derailed and you're like, oh, that sounds terrible. Remember those fruit flies? <laughs> right? I was like, oh, no, not the worms again. But then it was an institution. Remember, I was introduced before. This is my second introduction. Okay, this, the seed is starting to germinate from the universe. All right. And so I was like, Oof. but then I went home and I was like looking up, hmm, vermicomposting. And then uh, I learned all these things like red wiggler worms, they eat half their weight per day. They turn organic matter into goals like food scraps and paper into soil rather than trucking it around. We return it to the, wow. And I had this like, I guess an aha moment is what you would say. Like I had an epiphany where I was like, wow, holy crap. Like a pound of worms and their descendants can transform a ton of organic waste in a year. Prior to that, I'd learned that the average Canadian, and I would say slash American family, produces a ton of organic mm -hmm. waste in a year. So I was like, every family needs a pound of worms. And I'm just the one to set about and put a pound of worms in every house. And that's, that was the moment when it was like, okay. And so I had the job. I couldn't work with management. So I left the group home and I went to a school. I was a freelance behavior management specialist. Mm -hmm. Sounds impressive, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't fit on a business card and freelance means no safety net when you're injured. Right. And yeah. I got injured, right? So that was part of the plan for the universe, right? I had my introduction to special needs and I thought I'd come home, Kendra. I met those people and I was like, oh my gosh, this is where I belong. There's no judgment. If you treat people with respect, they treat you back with respect. Yeah. It's pretty simple, but as a basic guide, as a no, guideline. Yeah, you don't say it that. You know, so I loved that demographic and I was sad to leave there, but I couldn't work with management and, and they were squashing. Me. So I went to work at the school. I was chasing the money. I got stupid amount of money. And then when I got injured, like they didn't care. They were like, well, you're replaceable, right? You're just a person. Yeah. And I came home from work. There was an ad in the paper and it said, are you a woman? Do you have a business idea? Yes, yes. It was a, a six month uh, course to write a business plan. Oh, yeah, I said to my husband, oh, I'm taking, I'm quitting my job, right? I'm stressed at my work and I can't function there. I have an idea. I'm going to take this course. I'm going to start a worm business. So what did your husband say when you <laughs> told him you were stressed out, you're quitting your job and you're going to start a business around worms? He said, you know, that's nice because when, you, when you're with someone for a long term, you understand so he, he knew it was happening anyway. So either you go with along with the ride or you resist. Yep. Perfect. Right. Perfect. And he was working. And to be honest with you, Kendra, I, I, w I thought it was 
would be a kind of a fun thing. Won't this be great? I didn't think it was going to be. I, I you like you don't think twenty years ahead. No, I I wasn't. When, especially not with everything that goes on and how quickly the world changes. So you went and created a business plan and put this amazing business in place, and now you've won awards for your work. How much organic trash has been saved because of you? Yes, several tons of, of organic matter have been that we've diverted personally because we need to feed our worms and whatnot. And every time we sell worms to somebody, they're diverting from landfill. This is a feel-good enterprise all around. The challenge of this business is the worms. And it sounds like, oh, look at her go. It's, it's you know, I'm 61 now. It took me 22 years to get here, and I've done a lot of work. My stepfather died when I was 21. He was only 38, and I loved my stepfather. And that was one of those pivotal moment, moments where I thought, oh, my God, I like people die young. Yeah. Like, holy, again, holy crap, pardon my language. Yeah. You know, and it, and it changed me. That, at that moment, I don't know why my, my stepfather loved his work, but I connected his death with not spending any time at, at, in a job that didn't serve me. So although I was a secretary, as pleaser, it was a perfect job because I was a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. I grew up at a time when girls were told, be nice, don't rock the boat, just, you know, whatever, just do you, what you're told. And I did. It was a great job for a people pleaser. Right. Yeah, but, and that served me. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to belittle that because that was so beautiful. I worked nine to five, had my nights off, had my weekends off. I got paid a good amount of money. I had pension benefits. Right. I have the whole package. Now that that somehow corporate, if that's not your your way, I need variety. I'm an entrepreneur. I didn't know because I didn't know that was an option. Just anyone listening, like if you're not happy in your job, we only have one life. This go round anyway. Right. We only have one one time. Ah, Bob Proctor said. Most people play a supporting role in their own life. Like, be the lead. It's your life. You know, like, don't always be looking at other people and saying, I want that. That's not what you want. What do you want? Like, you might want something similar, but what do you want? We really need to look at what we want and then take steps. Like, if not now, when? If yeah. not you, who? You know, and really, when, when you... Step out and you take a risk and you get break through that fear because fear is just the unknown. It's an illusion. What are some of the, and I, I, once again, everything you're saying is absolutely what I tell my clients and what I talk about as well, because there is, there's no one right path. And the more options we have, sometimes that actually holds people back when you look at all these options. Because what if it's a fear of what if I pick the wrong path? But no path lasts forever because you can change. You can pivot. I pivoted my business last year and it's been amazing ever since. So it's understanding what works for you. And it does require some of that deep work that I think can bring up good and bad. But ultimately, once you go through it, you're going to be on a clearer path and know more about yourself. So when you decided worms and sustainability, you know, in 2002, what were some of the mental barriers or limitations in your mind that you needed to push through in order to, one, build a business and two, grow it to the level that you have? 
Yeah, wow, great question. Well, I, I kind of set forth, I didn't know about business. Mm-hmm. I took a, a business course and I, I recommend everybody to do that if they don't have um, people in their family and stuff. The, the barriers were that I, you know, you don't know how to price what you're offering. Um, like pay attention. So what, what happened to me in 2002, the land drill for the greater Toronto area closed. And we started to, like Canada is a huge country, second largest in, in the world. And although we're a large country, we couldn't find a place to site a new landfill. And we started to export our garbage to the U.S. A thousand trucks a week. Like what? No. And I had a solution. So Toronto, six million people, half live in condos, townhouses mm-hmm. without space to do outdoor composting. This is a solution for that. It's for the condo dwellers. It's indoor composting with worms. So I set about thinking, everybody needs this without realizing in business, people don't buy what they need. They buy what they want. And not maybe like maybe in a couple, maybe one is avid, you know, environmentalist and they recycle and they want to, they garden. And the other one's like, yeah, there's no way. Yeah. Like you have your little garden, but worms are not coming in the house. Mm-hmm. You can have your little composter outside, but no worms in the house. And so it's kind of that, there's all these things. And that's why I have a psych degree, I think, because I love people. I don't, oh, I did say I got my psych degree. So I love people and why they do stuff. And yeah, it's fascinating to me. But so I set forth thinking this is not, it's going to be so easy, but everybody needs this. And I, and luckily I, I'm an action taker. And like tip number two, take a, take an action. Like when you get an idea, Take a step because we get ideas all the time. When you get that fired up, whatever it is, write it down. At least write it down or put it in your phone or whatever because that will kind of pin it there. So then you're like, okay, a reminder. You'll see it again. So I'm going to go back for a second. We talked about the break, the mindset. One of the things that I thought was really interesting that you said, though, is that you definitely had a product that it was hard to convince some people that they need, right? Everyone needs it. We all know what's better. I live in a condo. Do I have worms on my house? No. How do you convince Not someone? Yet. Not yet. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Not yet. How do you convince <laughs> someone? Can you share a little bit about that? Because I think it's fascinating. One, like I said, what you did in order to grow your, to create this business. But two, it's very specific and it deals with dirt and garbage and things that most and animal worms things that most people don't want to deal with or even think yeah about. thanks for the reminder <laughs> look at what you've done how amazing you are i was so naive kendra i had no idea how business worked and i would i'd like full disclosure i kind of really still don't i just trust that's a big part of having a, an amazing life is trusting Mm-hmm. Trust yourself first and, and trusting that you'll be provided. I, I do. I really thought everyone needed it. I would have a table wherever I could, you know, trade shows, home shows, wherever I could. And then I realized, oh gosh, people would be like interested, like, oh, what do you have here? And they'd be leaning in. But then when I said worms, they'd be like, oh, yeah. oh no. I'd, and then they'd be all in their head, like, okay, right. now they're not listening anymore. I realized early on that. People were afraid of worms, kind of like I was at the beginning of when my first exposure. And so I thought, how am I going to do this? Somehow I got a message to do school workshops. 
Perhaps because my first exposure was a school teacher that had worms in her class. <laughs> yeah, so, so then I started to do school workshops and over 75,000 students have seen my presentation. Wow. Wow, indeed. So, you know, we're making an impact every day. Know it or not, or believe it or not, we are. It, even if we think, oh, I'm so small, who am I? You're making an impact. You yeah. are. Uh, just smiling at someone or saying hi or just noticing someone, you change them. I've had the privilege of knowing that I've had an impact more than once while I've been exhibiting because 22 years. Mm-hmm. So before 2020, I was doing between 100 and 200 events a year. Wow. Oh my gosh, I was a hamster. I was like, oh, I got to be there. I got to be there. I was everywhere. I was a hustler. I was yeah. really like just working it. Right. Not, maybe not the smartest, right? <laughs> like work smarter, not harder. But it depends I on what you enjoy the most and what you get the most energy comes back to you. I, I was yeah. loving it. I yeah. was loving it. And then 2020, right, all that time to think. And now I'm, I've reassessed and I'm like, I don't want to do that again. Anyway, so that was all learning. Okay, so there I was going. And so I w- I've, I'd be at a table like, oh, again, more than once. And stu- people have come up to me and said, oh, Kathy, you came into my grade three class. And because, either because of you, probably because of you, but because we had worms in the class, I, I, I took environmental ad at college. Wow. And now I'm, in, you know, now I'm an environmental lawyer, like more than wow. once. Wow. Like I could be done now. I'm like, okay, well, I made an impact. That seems way better than the people that came into my school and gave presentations. The one that impacted me was in high school, the principal's assistant came in and gave a presentation multiple years in a row on animal treatment because of seeing those images over and over and over again I was 100% a vegetarian for like 10 years (laughs) I was like I can't I'm not making this meat like that's disgusting it's amazing the level of influence people can have at different points in your life when they're willing to share their story because you don't That's know when it can come back around and you don't know who it. needs to hear it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Now, one of the things that you've really done is build your brand on, you know, you've gotten a lot of media and you've gotten a lot of awards because you do have such a unique business and you've made such an impact in the world, but also is very much focusing on simplicity and what it comes down to in terms of your brand and your business and how you position yourself and whether it was intentional or accidental, I don't know, but it really, it's beautiful to see. Can you talk a little bit about that and that simple approach that you take with your business and your brand? I love that question. Oh, simplicity for sure. Uh, Here's like, it's, it's intentional. It's Mm -hmm. intentional. And here's another bomb. (laughs) <laughs> be intentional, everybody. Like, to really do whatever you're doing with intention because it, it matters. What we say matters. Everything we do, it really matters, even though if it seems like it doesn't. Since you did it intentionally, how does, how do you really focus on and keep your brand focused on simplicity? Because it is so easy to become more complicated. And yeah, so I don't even have a cell phone. I'm sorry, what? I don't have a cell phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't, and, and, you know, again, full disclosure, Kendra, I'm not sure that people could, like young folks today could start a business and whatever, survive in life 
without. And it may come soon, but, you know, as far as brand, that's part of my brand. How have you kept your brand simple? Like if we're focusing on your business and your brand, how does that remain simple? Because it really comes down to the worms and sustainability. And I know you've added some of the wellness and laughter. But for you, I want to talk a little bit about that from a positioning standpoint. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Oh, gosh, if it, like there's no manual what I've done. I've, I, there's, I don't have a system. I'm really like a unicorn and that and it's it's really beautiful. But when people ask me these questions, it's like, I have created something, but in the first years, it would have been easy just to not push forward, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I chose media as my marketing strategy in the beginning. Okay. Because not only did our landfill close, but we had a garbage strike in 2002 in oh, the summer. Oh, gosh. It was like a trifecta of things that created like a perfect storm for you. Right. Exactly. That, that's exactly right. Where people were thinking about the organic matter because that's what smells. Mm -hmm. So garbage strike, I'm watching the news and people were um, lining up for hours to drop off their garbage. And I said, mm, those people don't compost. Because yeah. if you compost, it takes the stick out of garbage, like the end. You're not going to spend three hours lining up. There's, we're busy people. Who's, who yeah. wants to line up at the landfill? Yeah, no one. Yeah, nobody. So I was like, I'm going to take my worms on a road trip. Like I get these ideas and then I, I'm an action person. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. I, I don't talk myself out of things. I just, I, I take action and then I'm like, oh my God, what did I do now? What do I got to do? Okay, well, I guess I got to do what I said I was going to do it. <laughs> so I, I said, I'm going to take my worms on a road trip. And I sent out press releases to the Toronto outlets. And five minutes after sending a press release to the Toronto Star, largest paper in mm -hmm. Canada. Yeah. A reporter contacted me and said, thank you for your press release. Last week, I wrote an article about composting, but I forgot about the apartment dwellers. Six million people in Toronto, half live in condos. Yeah. Half the people can't compost, you know, outside, right. traditionally, right. Yeah. conventional yeah, yeah, composting. Yeah. yeah. So he said, when you're done at the transfer station, come down to the star. I want to interview you. And I was like, oh. I mean, I could go right to the star. That was my goal. That's, that's what I intended. But then I was like, I'm curious. I have a psych degree. I, I'm curious about people. So I went to the transfer station. There was about 80 people there. And I, again, I was 39. What was I thinking? A woman on her own, like going to face the union? Safety in numbers. Like they're safe. They're, in, they're not, you know, the mob mentality. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. not individuals. Right. Yeah. Right. I was branded. I have my worm away your garbage shirt on. Anyway, so I go. So there's 80 picketers there. There was a private investigator recording and he was hired by, by the city to, to record in case there was any skirmishes. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, at least it's being recorded if something happens. And I, I, again, I, I, I feel like I was divinely guided to do that because I don't like confrontation. I'm not sure what I was thinking. I just, right, was, I had my blinders on, I think, that I was just like, okay, I got to go educate the people and I didn't yeah. think about my safety. Because if I thought about it, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't being like, oh, that might be dangerous. <laughs> you know, an angry mob. Yeah, for sure. Why do I know what's going to happen? It's a garbage strike, like the people dropping off their garbage. I don't know what's going to happen. That's why it's being recorded. They were shouting at me stuff that I can't say on your podcast. And I was standing my ground. I was like, they said I couldn't be there. And I said, you know, I'm on a public road. I pay my taxes. Get out of here. Not those words, whatever I was talking right, about. Yeah. 
And I'm sure it was like a sideshow to the people in the cars that were waiting three hours. They're like, oh, yay, entertainment. <laughs> Here's the hired entertainer. <laughs> and I just had a couple of questions for them. Do you compost? Why not? Would you if there was an incentive? And Toronto had an incentive, $25 you could get out, a composter or a worm bin. They even had worm bins in the 80s. Like, can you imagine yeah. that they were giving yeah. out? Wow. I know. Wow. Anyway, so incentive, how much incentive do you need? Anyway, so then the union got angry and I wasn't leaving. So then they just said to the people, if you accept anything from this woman or talk to this woman, we're not going to let you drop off your garbage. And so nobody would talk to me then, right? Like, okay, the end for me. And then somebody called the police. So the police came and I didn't want to be, and like today I'd be arrested. Like that would be kind of a great yeah. story. You know, woman, young girl from Bradford disrupts the union. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. fun. But I laughed. I didn't, I didn't even talk to the police. I just laughed. And I went to the Star and had my first article in the Toronto Star, July 18th, 2002. Oh, I call up my husband. I'm like, yeah, I got an article in this Toronto Star. And he said, that's nice or something. I'm on my way home. I just got downsized. Like, like that same day? Now I'm like, then it was like, oh my gosh, my heart was in my, in my belly. Like, oh my gosh. Like we sell worms by the pound and we don't have an income now and we don't have repeat customers. Like this is disaster, right? And that could have been the end. That could have been like, okay, well, oh, well, so much for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I was like, no, I, I'm in it now. I'm here. Isn't it fascinating? Like what a trip. That's we amazing. Never know. That's amazing. Just those situations and those places where sometimes we find ourselves in and we can take the safe paths or we can say, you know what, this is something that might give me an opportunity towards something I want and something absolutely. I believe in. Because absolutely your purpose and your passion come right through the screen and right through the audio in terms of what you believe in and the work that you do is absolutely amazing. Um, this is what I want for everybody. I want everybody yeah. to find whatever it is. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, I was in a Tony Robbins thing this past weekend. Mm -hmm. And like, it's free time to rise. You all think. Annual thing. It's not any little thing. There was a right, yeah. cute, that thing. <laughs> that little uh, yeah. video. Wow. I mean, it's... Who is it, that it, again? Really, He's kidding. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't heard that name before. <laughs> I can't even remember why I brought him up. You were talking about the advice. What you oh, purpose. Oh, yeah. That that we like people are like he said he's meeting people in their twenties and thirties and they're like so sad and anxious and frustrated. I don't know what my purpose is. Why am I here? And what's my mission? And he said, "There's no one mission, right? Like there's no one thing. You're living your life, you're doing your thing, you're investigating, you're exploring, like, what do I like? Do more of that. What do I want? But ask those questions. What do I want? What do I really want? You yeah. know? And, and that's how you find, it could be a mission that is life-changing. It could be. Or it could be something that just changes the life of your neighbor. Absolutely. Or you. Everyone is different. And it's one of the things that I've... I've over the last four or five years, I've been studying neurolinguistic programming and have been yes. certified at different levels. And one of the things that I see time and time again is when we work on values and helping people understand their unconscious values, because that can help you make decisions and understand more about what's important to you. So when you start to look at 
your mission and what you want there, like to your point, there's not just one thing and what your values are today might change or evolve next year based on the situations that you're in and what you've had to go through. But it's one of those things where as long as you're true to yourself and staying aligned with what you believe in there, there is no one answer for the rest of your life, because then you may as well be in a gold watch job. That don't exist anymore. They don't. Oh, gosh. Yeah, they don't exist at all anymore. Right. There's no more cleavers. Right. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Along with those, that point, one of the things that I think is really interesting about what you do is in how you engage with your audience from presenting to over 75,000 people, students, to winning all the awards and getting the media involved and your laughter clubs that we haven't even touched on yet. You managed to reach a really broad audience and keep people engaged in what you do. So tell us, what's your secret? (laughs) Yeah, it's the passion, Kendra. Mm -hmm. The passion is the fuel that it's the energy. Everything is energy. It's the state that we come in and we need to bring energy. Energy is absolutely everything. If we don't have energy, like we talk about, People being low energy or, you know, when their light goes out, that's right, they're dead. It's all about that. And we and where does energy come from? It comes from within. Mm-hmm. It's not anywhere outside. Like, yes, we can go outside and get fresh air and stuff, but it's it really comes from within and in our breath and eating the right things and doing all the things for our beautiful body. This is the most amazing invention or creation in the world our body the human body it's the passion that that keeps me going that keeps it like every day I get up I'm like you I'm so excited to to do what I'm doing I never tire of hearing people's stories about worms of how the worms have oh they did this and the experiments and you know and I think that's the secret is having passion about whatever it is that you're doing because there's other people that are, are in the same club. Not everybody. You're not going to get everybody. You don't want everybody. Yeah. And you talked about my awards. So I have to talk about how that happened. It wasn't like, oh, people just noticed me. I actively chose media as my marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. So I seek out media. Since 2020, traditional media is changing. I've had over 300 articles, TV, radio, documentary, all kinds of stuff because I'm seeking it out. I'm, my antenna's up for that. And whenever I see something, I, I jump on it. Mm-hmm. When I was at events, the media always covers that. So I know they're going to be there. I'm looking for them. Where's the media? Sometimes it's a TV station doing a spot for the six o'clock news about if the event was big enough, right? right? So you want to make sure. And I had worms. So I have a unique business. So it's a different than other people, but it's so different that I don't, there's no conventional way to market. Mm-hmm. I, I made my own way and I would take a handful of worms. And that's, if you're a videographer, mm-hmm. it's compelling looking at those worms. They're so active. It's a great footage. It's way better than watching someone sit at their computer. <laughs> Look at her type. You know? <laughs> right. So, so for media, I t- tell people like, right. It's changing now because newspapers and stuff are on the way out, but write mm-hmm. letters to the ed- editor. If there's an article about your topic. Mm-hmm. write in about it and, and make a comment and then you're there you are you can maybe have your website even in there who knows mm-hmm. 
call into radio shows if you're listening and they're talking about your topic. Like these are the things that I did when I did workshops at a school that was, and, and this came from the heart whenever I was really moved by the students, I would write a letter to the editor of the local paper and talk about that classroom. Oh, wow. Right? Isn't that clever? Because then it's good for me. And then you get the link, right? That you have the, you have the hyperlink that you can share on your social media. But mm -hmm. you know how many more issues of that paper they're selling? Because now they're, their school is mentioned in there. Yeah, for sure. There used to be a, mag a, a newspaper called Snapped and it was started in, in the next town over from mine. And it was, and it actually went into the States and across Canada, but then 2020, there was no more events. And it was a good, feel good paper, just pictures. So it was free paper. It was paid for by the advertisers. So if you advertised, they came to your events. Yeah. I posted all my events in there for free for, at, well, for whatever, 19 years for free. So that was free advertising. Snap would come out, take pictures. And of course, they always want to photograph the person that contacted them. Yeah. And so they're all set up pictures, but who cares? There you are. Your name is there. And sometimes they would ask you a story. So then they tell you a blurb. Of course, I had worms and I have a solution. Right. So think about when, think about what is, what is your hook? Like what is the thing that's going to be compelling. The media is looking for something that's good for seniors, for children, all of the above, or has a solution, right? I kind of had all three, Yeah. right? I had a solution to garbage crisis, to our soil, right? North, we didn't even talk about the soil. North America, we've destroyed our soil. It's true. Right? With corn, wheat, and soy. Mm -hmm. Our soil is addicted to chemicals, so we need to add the chemicals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a way to repair that. It's a long road, but we didn't get here overnight. Right. All of this has been amazing. Do you have any last thoughts to share with somebody who might be, who might be thinking, I have my own business and I'm not sure if this is the right direction or I'm in a 95, nine to five and this isn't my passion or any of those thoughts that might be swirling around for somebody who's not. Yeah, here's a few. Let's hear it. Can't wait. So take action, first of all, mm -hmm. get a thought, take action, like write it down or do something to put it in place. Look something up, you know, because you don't know what you're going to find. So take action because they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is only information without action. Action is required. Okay, so take action. It's no for sure unless you ask. That's great. And we need to ask, right? We quite often think, oh, I got this. Oh, they're not going to want to help me. People want to help you. People are just waiting to help you. They just don't know that you need help. Mm -hmm. And they might say no anyway, but right? It's no anyway if they don't, if you don't ask them. And, you know, that that's really big. I, okay, take action. It's no for sure. And, and ask. Yeah. I love that's that. It. That is fantastic advice. So if you've been watching today or listening, there's been so many takeaways from this and your story. And your experiences are absolutely something that I love that you came on and that you were here to share. So thank you for that, Kathy. I really appreciate it. And thank those you. of you who joined us today, thank you. And remember, you can find more at KendraLosi.com where we do marketing strategy and coaching. And there's also the Invisible to Invincible Lab for Mindset and Marketing designed to bring clarity, confidence, and consistency to how you and your business show up. We want you to be fearless. We want you to be passionate. 
And we want you to understand that purpose that can really be that shining light for you. So come visit me, come say hi, comment below, let us know you were here and we will talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye.